could say we thank you a million times a day and it's still not enough. But I pray, Lord, that you bless us as we get into your word and, and share about truth, Lord, and what that means. Uh, I pray that your anointing would fall upon me to preach this message for your glory. But Lord, I pray that, that your glory will extend to all my brothers and sisters here. Uh, that there's something they can draw from this morning uh, that they can take with them and apply to their lives, Lord. And I pray for all your churches. And I pray for the churches that are really rock solid in the word. And I pray, Lord, that you will bless their ministries and their Sunday mornings or Saturday nights. And those that are lukewarm, I pray, Lord, that you will intervene in their lives, Lord, and, uh, and turn their churches around for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Getting some feedback? I guess we're cool now, right? Um, birthdays are wonderful things, aren't they? I've not received one. I'm just going to say this. I'm just not really complaining. Not complaining. I have not received one gift from my family yet. Not one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, so I don't know what it is. Oh, okay. That's right. Thanks, Jan. Um, truth. I hope that you're all truth tellers. Um, are you honestly my friend? Is the pilot of the airliner that I'm going to fly on, is he really qualified? Now, that's an interesting question because I knew of a person in my younger days who, uh, uh, who graduated from college and we kind of lost track, and he forged his Ph.D., so maybe that question is not too outlandish. Is that pilot qualified? How about your local jewel food stores, for example? Are you sure that their price increases do not go beyond company directives? Working for jewel, I can tell you something. That's not always the case. Is my family doctor been truthful about my medical condition? Many politicians, I'm not naming many politicians, thumb their noses at truth because they think they are above it and have the power to walk away from it. I believe that most of us really believe 
and are, are sincere when we say the truth absolutely matters. Jesus demands truth. He does. He demands truth. And so this morning, I want to talk a little bit about that in different ways. Now, you can add to this message because you have your own thoughts about Jesus demands truth. We can't do all of them today, obviously, but I'm just going to touch on three areas. And the first one is Jesus, our model for truth. Now, we're going to be looking at John 18, uh, 36 and 38. And here, Pilate questioned Jesus at his trial. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to, pre to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Your king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Pilate asked Jesus directly in verse 7, Are you a king then? And basically Jesus confirmed Pilate's question because he came to reveal the truth of an everlasting kingdom. Verse 38, and this is really pertains to, I think, us today as well. What is truth, retorted Pilate. With this he went out again to the Jews, gathered them there, and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. Pilate's question affects and reflects not only in the cynicism of his day, but our day as well. Some believe the truth is unknowable, a matter of opinion. Some, so many people today are careful to observe all the religious holidays and the customs, and yet, yet, at the same time, refuse to believe the truth surrounding the Savior of the world. How does that work? How does that work in church? I think I shared this probably a couple of years ago. You don't remember it because you do a lot of messages. You're going to forget as I forget as well. And I was doing a men's, it was like a small group study at our church. And there was about six or seven of us, depending on if everybody was there or not there. And we would all take a topic. We'd like, it'd be my turn to take, you know, the topic for this Sunday. It'd be your turn, another person, man, to take the topic for the next Sunday, etc. So anyway, we're talking about church, and this new person, not new in the church, but with this group, happened to join us that Sunday. And this is an I You can't make this up. You just can't make it up. So I talk about church, why to go to church. I can't tell you exactly. It was so long ago, but we're, you know, the importance of church, whatever. And this man shared with six other guys, I come to church just in case it's real. Stop and think about that. I come to church just in case Jesus is real, just in case, you know, this isn't false, it's real. Now, what does that say, you know, about truth? What? is real truth was standing right before Pilate 
and he missed it. He said Jesus is not guilty, but he missed the truth. How many people today are missing the truth? How many people in churches today are missing the truth? Unfortunately, more than you'd one even count realize. You know, I found out just last night, yes, no, day before yesterday, an individual has been attending a very strong Bible-believing church you know, in, um, around the Peoria area. And there's no doubt in that church they are preaching the word of God. Issue came up, a, a social issue came up, and this person in this church, his son went to that church with him, and when they left, he was sharing with his dad how powerful he thought the message was, and how, how the, the pastor's given biblical uh, truths in, in the message. And his father said, the Bible was written 2,000 years ago. That isn't relevant for today. Isn't that a shocker? What is truth? Jesus said, thy word is truth. My word is truth. It doesn't change. Yes, we change. Society changed, but God's word does not change. It still fits in today as it did some 2,000, 4,000 years ago. What is truth? Never. I've learned as a pastor, I never, you can say, oh, man, I've heard this so many times or whatever. You never want to miss and take a chance that everybody Assume that everybody knows what truth is. No matter how long you've been in the truth. You know, I'm rambling, Mike. I know, I know. But through the years, I, I met with a gal. She was in her 90s. This is way back when I was young. She's no longer with us. Get it? She was 94, 95 at the time. That was 20 years ago. So anyway. But anyway, my point with all of that is this. She was in the church every Sunday. You could count her to be in her favorite pew. She heard tons and hundreds of messages about Christ. Some of her pastors through the years were liberal because it was a Presbyterian church. Some of them were evangelical. And yours truly was an evangelical Pentecostal. She heard the word. She heard about Jesus Christ. But she said to me, she said to me one day in her lament, but I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if this is really true. That is sobering, and it's out there. It's out there in everyday life. One of my closest male friends, as you know, who lost his wife and she was strong in her faith. And you know what he said to me? He said to me, I hope, I keep telling her that, that, that Sandy's in a better place. I'm not putting him down, but listen to this. He said, I hope this is true. Or I'm going to be disappointed. Well, yeah. <laughs> you see, so what is truth? Jesus said, I am truth. I'm the way. We'll talk about that later. So 
Jesus, we can depend on he is truth. But friends, I'm telling you, don't ever take it from the old man. Don't ever assume that everybody knows what they know what they know is truth. No matter how, how long you've known them, sometimes you just don't know. Don't give up on reminding people about the truth. Amen? Okay. Nothing but the truth, number two. Nothing but the truth. We're looking at John 14, 1 through 7. Oh, this has so many nuggets in it. And, and you can just probably, what I'm going to give you, you can say, oh, man, but you're missing so many of the nuggets. There are, there are so many here. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms or mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Verse 4, you know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Here it comes. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Now, I think you probably all agree with me here. If you had a non-believer read this, would they understand it? I think they'd be so confused, but as a believer, the Holy Spirit in you, you understand it because he's revealed that truth to you. Amen? So, Jesus said in verse 1a, don't let your hearts be troubled. Jesus' disciples were troubled. They wanted the truth. They wanted answers, and they wanted assurance that Jesus Christ was the one, the man. He, Jesus was who he said he was. Remember, Jesus' followers often misunderstood his words, as we do. Jesus had said that one of them would betray him. Jesus said that Peter would deny him how many times? Three times. Not once, but three. And here he's talking about that, that he's, going, he's going to leave them. And where he was going, they could not come yet. We had to put that yet in there. Verse 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. Jesus had pictured heaven as a real place here with mansions as our permanent dwelling places in heaven and not just you know, figments of our imaginations. Our home will be, whether it be here or in heaven, is where Jesus Christ is. Like he's with us right now. He's with us in our homes. He's with us in our hearts. And he'd be with us 
as we journey, lead this life, and move on to the next with him in heaven, he's going to be there with us. Amen? That deserves a strong amen. When Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? That's a logical question. They didn't know what was going on. So how can we, how can we know the way? And then verse 6, <coughs> Jesus said, I am the way. This one is the kicker for our society today. When you say, brother and sister in Christ, that Jesus is the only way, and this is, what, how, what responses are you going to get? There's going to be a boatload of them, and the ones I've heard over and over again, well, gee, you can't say that. That's just right for you. That's what the Bible says. But you know, you have these other religions. They believe in their God, so there's got to be another path for them. How many times have I heard that? You can't say that Jesus is the only way. You're being judgmental. (coughs) You're being narrow-minded. He's the way. If you're a Christian, you believe the word of God, he's the only way. There's no other way to heaven. Now, I don't know how you can sugarcoat that. I don't know how you can kind of set up to a, a non-believer or, you know, even a non-believer, they say, oh, no, no, there's got to be more than just one way to heaven. There's got to be, there's got to be. That's it. There's no other way. Nobody walked out, so we all believe the Bible, so we're all cool here. Okay, and then he continued. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is life because the truth of the Father is revealed in him. Amen? This doesn't happen through rituals or concepts or ideals, but spirit. You know, we Pentecostals, we say we're Holy Spirit driven. Amen. Amen. We receive gifts from the Holy Spirit. We receive words from the Holy Spirit. We receive manifestations of the Spirit. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the convictor of truth. The Holy Spirit ministers to both the head and the heart. The Holy Spirit guides and reveals the truths about Jesus and get this, and helps us discern right from wrong. You hear what I'm saying? You understand that if the Holy Spirit is in you, in you and something, and you're doing something wrong, who convicts you? I don't know about you, but boy, God gets a hold of me, and he hangs on until I know something is wrong. The Holy Spirit has a wonderful way of affirming us, at the same time, convicting us and trying to get us on the paths he wants us to go on. And through all of that, as Holy Spirit in us, we know that no matter what we've done, if we've strayed off the path, that Jesus will bring us back. And the process of bringing us back, he forgives us. He's merciful. That is so great, isn't it? That means all the goofy things that I do, 
all the bad things that I do, that my God loves me. Same with you. No matter what you do, God still loves you. He died for you. He'll always be there for you. You know, I hesitate with, with, with Assemblies of God in this part that they say once you've been saved, you can lose your salvation. Oh, that's another theological thing I just brought up. That's another three hours. But I'm saying I don't, I struggle with that. I'll put it that way. I'll struggle with that because the Bible says we are sealed until the day of redemption. If you believe in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit lives in you, I believe that you are redeemed forever. Yes, we can backslide. Yes, and people say, well, what about this? How many times have we heard of a, maybe a public figure who has claimed that they've had a born-again experience? And then after a period of time, they're, they backslide. They're right back where they started from. And people say, well, they, that person lost their salvation. I, I re- response is this. Did they ever have it in the first place? I feel in my heart that I am sealed by the Holy Spirit, that my future life is guaranteed in Jesus Christ. I hope you feel the same way. You know, if you don't, we can talk about it. Probably wouldn't change your mind, but we can talk about it anyway. But I think that's, that's, that's very important for us to see, you know. And, and as, I'm think, as I'm reading this and really analyzing this scripture, it just really hits me so much to know that, that Jesus and the Holy Spirit ministers to us all the time. So to know Jesus is to know what? To know God. That is, the, that is Christianity. To know Christ is to know the Father. Fundamental, you teach that probably to the kids in the other room. But that is so important for us to understand and not just not think of it as just a bunch of facts. But let it resonate into your heart to know Jesus is to know the Father. So if this truth is, is, is met by the unbeliever and they don't believe it, the problem is on them and not the truth. The, tr- the choice is always our, ours. Every See, one of the wonderful things I like about the faith is God gives me a choice. Always. I have the choice to believe or not to believe. I have the choice to believe. Did Jan give us some words of knowledge? Or did she make them up? That's my choice. I can, I, now, what happens is if we make the wrong choices, then we miss the blessing. It's believing that what came out of her lips came through the Holy Spirit. That's the whole idea of ministering in to the saints. So I believe her because I know her, and I know that she has no clue what she's saying. Not that she doesn't have a clue. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to get in trouble here. But I'm saying at that particular time, she didn't know, you know what she was saying. See, that's all of God. Then the faith kicks in, and the truth kicks in when we believe it. We say, this is for us. This is for me. This is for our church. Isn't it wonderful? Can you remember what she said? How God used her? Praise God. Can you quote it word for word? 
got you on that one. <laughs> That's right. That's right. See, what stuck out, what's something in there, and what she said grabbed you. The Holy Spirit took it and, and, and convicted you. And see, that's how it works. You just know what you know, what you know, what you know. Sometimes you can't explain it. You just believe it, and you press on, and you apply it to your life. Maybe sometimes we hear uh, a message of affirmation, of knowledge, or whatever, and maybe in that particular day we were really down. You're really down. You need a, a boost. You need something to kind of vault you into a, your faith has been challenged or whatever it is. And Jesus comes in at just the right time. Awesome. Just awesome. The last one, cross my heart and hope to die. Now this one we can all relate to. Remember, let's go back. Remember when you, Becca, don't leave. <laughs> Remember when you were kids, when we were all kids, and you're with your friends or whatever, and maybe you make a promise or you tell a story, and somebody says, you know, uh, they challenge a story. Well, that can't be true. As you're telling the story, you got your hands behind your back and you're crossing your fingers. <laughs> Why did we cross our fingers? It's a lie. You know, this gets us off the hook. We crossed my fingers. Well, I wasn't really taking that serious. Now, remember those, the time when you're really dead serious and you really wanted your friends or whatever to pick up what you were saying, that you were sincere and you were being honest. I cross my heart and hope to die. You know? Oh, that can't be true. No, I cross my heart. It is true because I cross my heart. It's nothing but the truth. If not, then let me die. Now, I'm not the only one here. I'm not the only one that has committed so many Pinocchios that... You can't even count them. I think I had enough in my, in my high school days to fill the universe with all my Pinocchios. We've had them. And see, Jesus was not talking. We're getting into uh, Matthew 5, 33 through uh, 37. And Jesus wasn't talking about firming oaths. Or promise, I promise to do this. I promise, hey, uh, Rudy, I promise I'll help you with that electrical work. I promise I'll do that. And Rudy said, I don't think I want to accept your promise because you couldn't even plug in a socket, a lamp. But I promise, I promise. See, what am I doing? I'm not being faithful. I'm not being honest. Rudy, I'm not going to help you because I know zero about electricity. All I know is I can, I can hit the switch and the lights go on. God picks up on all these little details of our lives. Sometimes we kind of blow them off like kids. Say, well, you know, so I lied, so what? God listens. He picks up on our little fairy tales of sometimes that we might spin. That's why I think it's so important to 
If you are a speaker or you're leading a small group or whatever it is, be truthful as best you can. Be truthful. You know, know your material, whatever it is. Don't give people false stuff. Be truthful. Amen and amen. Okay, Matthew 5, 33, 37. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. Not my words, Jesus' words. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Jesus was talking about being transparent, honest, and trustworthy. Verse 37 again. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. I don't know. Being in a pastor in a church for all these years, I've seen all sorts of weird thoughts and how people respond to different kinds of things. I've been involved, and we don't have them in our denomination, but, but with, the, with the Presbyterians, you always had what they call a nominating committee. And that was pretty much a standing committee. So whenever you needed deacons or trustees or elders, you know, it went through the nominating committee. And it was the responsibility of the nominating committee to, to strong arm the people to serve on the boards. And I was in this church and so the nominating committee had their work to do. They had X amount of people to, to ask to serve on the board. And the chairman of the committee said, what do you say, Jan? Um, we have, we, we need bodies to, yeah, we need bodies to fill these positions. Wrong thing to say wrong all the way in so many different ways. So I got a call from one of our parishioners where the chairperson that I just talked about asked him to serve on the board. And the person called me was not happy. The conversation went something like, you know, this guy's trying to strong arm me, you know, and said they need a position to fill. They need it. They need it. He never said anything about prayer. He never said anything about you. You think about it. You pray about it. And let your yes be yes and your no, no. You know, sometimes a little white lie is, you know, you ask me to be treasurer, the financial treasurer. And I say, oh, yeah, okay. 
We need a treasure. I'll be the treasure. And I have a hard time balancing my checkbook. In a way, I'm lying. Okay, I'll do it. You know, you can lie. It's like, you know, crossing your fingers and saying, yeah, I'll do it. When no, you shouldn't be doing it. Because that's not your gift. Why can't you just say, no, I can't do that because I'm not qualified to do it. That's what Jesus would say. Just don't think you're being a hero and taking on a position just because the church needs. Don't do it. I found, I, can, I'm, I know I'm rambling, I found a long time ago, you put people in the wrong positions, and I tell you, this pastor suffers a lot because you can't fire a volunteer. It doesn't work that way. So I'm saying, be honest. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. Now, I think hope all of you here today that have served, that's how I feel. If, if you're called to serve and, you say, and, I, and you're asked and you say, no, no, that's not for me or whatever, that's the way it should be. You know, you don't need to add on to the yes or the no. Let your yes be yes or your no, no. Verses 34 and 35. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Jesus is telling us not to swear an oath at all. I am, in closing, I, uh, I'm one of two or three of us, we put together our class reunion. And so I know these people so, so well. I know most of their spouses or whatever. And this, my one uh, classmate, well, my two classmates, they married, you know, and the marriage didn't work out. One of the reasons why it didn't work out is they had one son who had muscular dystrophy. And he got it very young. The, the, the dad couldn't handle it. So they had problems and they divorced. And and I'm going to share this story with you because I know it is true. Because I know both of them very, very well. One of them, the, the husband, you know, we, we, we played ball together. We knew each other very well. And the wife said, you know, every time so-and-so, our son, would, uh, uh, would wait for his dad to pick him up. His dad would promise, hey, I'm going to take you here. I'm going to take you there. And she said, it broke my heart to see my son waiting for his father to come, and he never showed up. Now, instinctively, we probably, we probably would think, I tell you what, what a sorry guy. I tell you what, uh, I'll hold him down, and you, and you beat him up. You know, I mean, that is really bad, isn't it? 
People make promises they cannot fulfill. I promise I'll be there. If you, you let your word be your word. If you say you're going to do it, do it. If you're not going to do it, be honest. Don't do it. Don't waste anybody's time or frustration by doing something where your no is not going to, your yes is not, your yes or your no is not your no. Does that make sense to you? You know, that's right. Don't lie. Don't lie. That's the hardest thing. I'm telling you, Mike, that's the hardest thing in ministry for me is when people are called to do something, they say yes and they don't do it. So am I going to hire Chris to beat him up? No. You know, that's frustrating because, see, that affects the body. Jesus wants us to be honest. Jesus wants us to, oh, how can I put it? Jesus wants us to practice truth in our speech and our promises. Whether interacting with, you know, in society or with a brother and sister in Christ. Let your yes be yes and your no, no. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the standard of truth. Jesus says, be truthful. He wants us to follow that standard of being truthful as brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, you might think, eh, that's such a small, insignificant thing, but it is not. Sometimes prayer is not answered because people aren't truthful. We're almost done. can only say to you personally that I don't like to be lied to. Because I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not perfect. If I lie to you or don't, or don't tell you, the, give you the truth or whatever, I might kind of bend that a little bit. Then the Holy Spirit will not set me free from that. What you see in me is what you get. You get the good, the bad, and the ugly. I expect that from you. You know why I expect that from you? Because that's what Jesus expects from all of us. Let your yes be yes. I'm not saying that you guys are lying. I'm not not saying that. I'm just saying, let your yes be yes and your no, no. Because when we do that, when we open ourselves up to be trustworthy, to be in 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 our faith, in our integrity, in our conduct, that's being a good witness for Christ. It's not always, you know, the, the miraculous things that happen in the faith. It's those everyday, mundane things that happen that makes the difference. Jesus is truth. He's our standard of truth. I would venture to say that all of us here today, if we did not believe wholly in the truth of Jesus Christ, I know I wouldn't be here. If I thought this was all... Uh, made up or whatever, if I doubted it, I would not be here. I want truth, and I know that Jesus Christ is truth. You should expect truth from me. I should expect truth from you. Are we good? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I praise you and thank you, Lord, for who you are and for your love. And I pray, Lord Jesus, help all of us. I know, Lord, I do, I do. Sometimes I blow it. Sometimes I'm not very clear. And so 